many of you have ever met somebody who is extremely over-spiritual? You know, let me see if you just, you know, they just, when, when, they, when they take a bath, they bathe in anointing oil, you know. When this water up here, they don't drink no Fiji water, they drink holy water, you know, sanctified water. And, uh, you know, I, I just, over um, 13 years of, of pastoral ministry, man, there have just some been some interesting characters who I've encountered over the years, you know. And I remember many, many years ago, many years ago, uh, I was pastoring this church, and, you know, we were in a Bible study or prayer gathering on a Wednesday night. Everybody say Wednesday night. And so we're there on a Wednesday night, and I'll never forget this. We broke off in groups for prayer. And there was a lady there. I'm not going to say her name. I just want to tell you the scenario. But because it was crazy. It was funny. It was really funny. Just, just it was amazing. You know, we all had a good laugh after. But the fact is that we were there. We broke off into little prayer groups. And so we're praying and we're doing our thing. And, you know, everybody's getting excited. And we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. We're praying. We're excited. And suddenly out of nowhere, we used to have uh, these, these Glade um, air fresheners that used to be plugged around uh, the sanctuary area, the gathering space. And it used to periodically shoot out, you know, mist and things of this nature. And so we're praying, we're praying, we're going in, we're going in, we're going in. And this sister is praying. And by the time we said amen, right, she goes, Whoo, I see the glory. <laughs> right? And we're like, what glory? And then we looked up and seen the air freshener was spraying. And we were like, sis, that's not no glory. That's the air freshener, you know, and it's just people like that that exist. And you just, you know, they're just so over spiritual, always looking for an opportunity uh, to 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 be over. I remember there was this other person. I, one time I, I went and I, and I encountered this lady and I walk in it and it's nothing against you, ladies. It's just what happened. And I remember walking into this, walking into this building. And I walk in and I said, oh, hi, how's it going? Good to meet you. And she's like, Shut good to see you today. And I'm just like. Okay, maybe she, maybe she felt something. Maybe there was power on there. You know, okay, yes. Power in the greeting. Praise the Lord. You know, and um, we go on to talking and I'm just like, yeah, you know, so uh, how's your day? And you have family and friends and blah, blah, blah. And we're, we're just talking. And then suddenly just in the middle of it, she just, just speaking in tongue, just every five seconds, you know, in our conversation, just completely just out the blue. I'm like, what in the world? You know, are you having a conniption or, you know? And the fact is that, that many that these scenarios are oftentimes watch this why people uh, are deterred from church can i get a witness somebody and people like this as well as uh, uh deter people but also because people then look and say oh do i have to be that way do i have to be over spiritual in order to encounter god do i got to you know know how to to speak in 50 languages in order to be able to encounter christ or do i you know what i mean is is, is has anybody ever encountered something like that or felt a hindrance in that regard you know and so uh I want to jump into this passage because I believe that uh, we see Jesus making an awesome statement, uh, not only verbally, but with his actions that I think speaks towards uh, something. Because oftentimes the church is so spiritual that we and people and Christians are so spiritual in an unbalanced fashion that we often neglect the natural. How many of you have heard the, the saying uh, that oftentimes people are so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good and this is this is i would say the antithesis of the gospel 
This is the opposite of what Christ has died and risen from the dead and commissioned the church to be able to do or assigned the church to do. Are you with me this morning? Won't be before you long, but I just want to jump in and look at this. So John chapter 6, it says, after this, we're starting from verse 1. This Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd, everybody say a large crowd. A large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing the large crowd. Everybody say huge crowd. The large crowd was coming towards him. Look at what Jesus says. It says, uh, not only this, it says, coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Man, I just love it so much because the question that Jesus asked does not pertain initially to their spiritual needs. Who's with me? He doesn't say, are you all baptized and speaking in tongues? He doesn't say, have you been saved? He doesn't say, come and follow me right now. Come on, somebody. He says, where are we? I sound like a televangelist, didn't I? Send me your hundred dollar seed right now. And I'm going to send you some anointing oil that I bathed in and some sackcloth that I put in my drawers for 30 days. And you're going to get your breakthrough. Y'all acting like you never watch TV late at night. prostitutes in my pulpit pimps come on but that's another anyway uh so the fact is jesus doesn't go there jesus jesus first asks about their physical need how where are we going to how are we going to buy food to feed these people how many of you know that in the world that we live in today people don't want to care about or people are not interested in how much you know how much devils you can cast out come on somebody how many tongues you can speak in and tamayala bow ties you can quote at the end of the day they want to know that you are interested in where they are who's with me on this morning the fact of the matter is that I just want to start by establishing that Jesus' ministry was not just focused spiritually. We learn on the, from this statement, this question that Jesus asked, and I want to stay there and park there for today. We learn where should we get some food for these people to eat, that Jesus is just as interested in my natural life as he is in my spiritual life. And oftentimes we have this balance, we have, we're out of balance as it pertains to this. And this is why we're unable to be effective as church and we're unable to be effective in doing outreach and reaching people. Because Jesus cares about you, somebody say naturally, as much as he does spiritually. This is very important because, you know, people always say, well, pastor, you know, first uh, Samuel uh, 16, first Samuel chapter 16, verse seven, uh, you know, the, the God tells Samuel that, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart, you know. So where our focus is supposed to be spiritual and we're not supposed to. Are you God? Can you look on the heart? How do we tell often what's in people's hearts? By what they do. Come on, somebody. Or by what they say. Are you with me this morning? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Yeah, God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outward appearance. 
And some people say, why is it that you have lights? And why do you send out Facebook? Facebook is of the devil. Don't you know that people be on there hooking up? Because people like AJ, come on somebody, and Taylor can show up and say, I've got miracles and breakthrough in my life because I heard about the church through Instagram, as devilish as it is. Come on. And even if folks are up there hooking up and committing adultery and doing crazy with old flings on the internet, it don't mean that God can't use it to change lives. So if a Facebook post or an Instagram ad talking about some, some of y'all smiling and all this stuff, if that's going to cause somebody to show up, come on somebody, if some smoke and lights is going to appeal to the physical of man, man is looking on the outward appearance. And God oftentimes will deal with our flesh before he can deal with your spirit. And many of us are ineffective because we are trying to skin the fish before we catch it are you with me this morning i didn't come to throw bowls this morning just trying to teach in the from the text jesus asked he asked where are they going to eat how are we going to feed them are you still with me so point number one i got three for you uh i see how they come out i've been dealing with this all week uh but i just got three for you for those who are taking notes go ahead and do so if you will uh point number one is that we've got to with this being said talking about we've got to be individuals that aren't just spiritual but we've got to be folks that are also focused naturally as well uh we've got to number one here it is wake the faith up and stop walking dead in fact look at somebody tell them wake the faith up come on tell them you didn't cuss. And stop walking dead. Come on. I love the book of James because when we're talking about the fact that, you know, lots of people talking about they're saved. And this is very, this is what, what James talks about in this passage as it pertains to dealing with natural, uh, the natural and making sure that we're not just overly spiritual, but not dealing with natural things. Look at James chapter two. What book did I say? Keep your finger in John 6, but James chapter 2, and we're going to verse 14 through 17 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Let me remix it. Pick it, pick it. What good is it, Sir City, for us to talk about how we are saved and how we are spiritual, but it's not seen in your lifestyle? Come on, somebody. It ought to be seen in your body. But I love how he talks about this because this is it right here. Look in verse 15. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace. You know how we say it all night. Go in peace, dear brother. Go in peace. And he says, be warmed and filled without giving him the things needed for his body. What good is that? And then he goes on and says, so also faith by itself does not have, that does not have works is dead. And so he's saying, you know, a lot of us, this is what we do. You know that people has problems. Oh, I'll be praying for you, brother. And then they walk out. Come on, somebody. And while you praying for them, they still naked. When you're praying for them, you have in, and oftentimes we have what's in our hand to be able for God to do the miraculous through that, through us, to, for them to be able to be fed up in a good way. Come on, by the power of God. But we often will have it, hold it back and talk about, I'm praying for you. 
You can pray for me. You can speak in tongues over me. You can lay hands in me, on me. But if I have problems or if I have a challenge and you have in your power what is necessary to make that change, you better wake the faith up and stop walking dead. You're walking dead like the, like the show when you are in a position where you're saying you have faith and you're so spiritual, but it's not being evident in our actions. And I'm not here to beat anybody up, but I'm challenging the church and also for those who are interested in Christianity. The b- biblical Christianity is not a spiritual extreme. It's to a place where there's a balance. Come on, somebody. Yes, it's my spirit that gets saved. And yes, it's G- and my spirit is born again when I come to Christ and made new. But it also ought to be seen in my actions. And we look walking around. That's what so he says. Faith without works is dead. So you can say you have faith. But if you're not walking, if it's not seen in your works, then you are just in a place where you got corpse faith. Where, you know, and you know the thing about a dead body? The thing about a dead body is that you can put perfume on there. You can dress it up. You can make it look nice. Come on, somebody. You can put jewelry on them and you can put them in the nicest bedazzled casket you ever find in your life. But at the end of the day, guess what? They're still dead. And the church in many cases and many Christians are hindrances to people who are coming to Christ and people are fed up with you and they're fed up with us because we are into a place where we are declaring, oh, we have faith and all of this stuff, but we are, it's not evidence in our actions. People say to us, why, why did you just go to the corner and just give out, give out hundreds and hundreds of gallons of uh, liters of gas to the community? They, you, don't you understand that some of those people are not going to come to your church and they're not? Why would you do that? Well, I'm here to tell you it's not just about folk coming through the doors of this church. It's about us living as the church. Come on, somebody. Going beyond the four walls. And you know how many people we were able to impact in this community in the name of the kingdom and to turn their minds away from thinking that the church is just about take, 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 take and how much I can get and how much, come on somebody, that we serve a generous God and because we serve a generous God that we, we are to a place where we want, we don't just want to be fed up but we want to go out and be a blessing to those in our community. You know one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life? My dad is actually sitting right there. Pastor Godfrey Alexander Beresford. And my dad is, can you just give, can we give God praise for my dad? And one of the greatest things that I really appreciate about my dad is that from since I was a boy, I remember he started and spearheaded a ministry called the touch of love. Everybody say the touch of love. And I've got to witness my dad go year after year after year. How long has the touch of love been in existence now, dad? Over 20 years. And I saw him start this thing from the ground coordinating churches, coming together, feeding people, feeding people on Tuesday nights, uh, homeless people downtown, going out of his way to say, you know what, man? It's not just about showing up and preaching in a pulpit. Come on, somebody. We, it, has to, it has to go beyond the pulpit. You need to get to the place. We need to get to the place where preachers get out of the pulpit and start pulling people out the pit. Okay. I didn't come to play church today. And that starts with me too. And so, Dad, I thank you for that example. What a great example that is. We've got to go beyond the walls. And if we are spiritual and if we have faith, we can't walk around being in that place. You know, and that's why, you know, because we're walking dead, many of us, that's why we be spooking folk out. You know how the walking dead, how they be like, 
freaking out and they got all sorts of limbs and guts and stuff hanging out their mouth. We got stuff hanging out our mouth because we've been spending too much time chewing folk out. And judging people because they don't love like we do or look like we do. Come on, somebody. Spending more time. Instead of using our mouth to bless people, we're using our mouth to chew folk out. But I wonder if there's one or two people. Man, I came to have church. If there's one or two people in this place that showed up and said, you know what? I am to the place where I'm fed up of that foolishness. And it is my responsibility not to walk around like a zombie chewing folk out. But be into a place where I tell the world about the risen Savior who Who's alive in me and as a result if he's alive in me it ought to be seen in my lifestyle I'm almost done somebody say wake the faith up and you know Luke chapter 3 I mean Luke chapter 6 verse 38 you know that whole uh, that whole passage where uh, where where it talks about and we always quote this in regards to money uh, it says give and it shall be given unto you how many of you know that text good measure Pressed down. You gotta get you gotta get Pentecostal when you say that. Pressed down, ha. shaken together and running over. And if I had an organ, it shall man shall give into your bosom. Oh Lord, yeah. You gotta just get Pentecostal with it. And we always talk about it in regards to in regards to giving and money. But if you look at the passage in context, the the heading is judging others. Someone say judging others. He says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men put in your lap. We often look at this and we think that it has to do with money. Come on somebody, exclusively. But he just finished talking about judgment. And we don't realize that when we're walking around like the walking dead with our half-baked faith talking about we're in Christ and talking about we love Jesus while we're chewing out others, that the same judgment and condemnation that you are dishing out to others, I don't know, maybe you're not in that place right now, but it's coming a time when you and I, we all mess up. How many of you know we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? And it's going to come a time in your life when you're going to need somebody to show mercy to you. And if you're to a place where you spend all of your time chewing out other folks, Guess what's coming right back to you? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will man give into your bosom? Yeah, Lord. All of that's coming back to you. Who am I talking to this morning? So, so with that said, so number one, wake the faith up and stop walking dead. Uh, number two, here we go. Number two, it says, I, I want to let you know, spiritual extremity hinders us from serving God effectively. So, so because of this, what I just shared, walking dead and all of this, uh, and being in a place where we are spiritually extreme, spiritual extremity causes us to, to be unable to serve God effectively. And I want to understand this because of this, you know, you don't understand many of us that God, how God has wired us. God has wired us to be to a place where we are. Look, in fact, uh, you can write this down. You don't have to turn there uh, with me, but I'm just going to sh- jump over there really quickly. First Thessalonians uh, chapter, first Thessalonians chapter five. Uh, what book did I say? First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. It reads and declare, may now may God of the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Somebody say completely. Say it with some power. Say completely. 
There we go. He says, he says, watch this. Look at what it says here in the text. He says, he says, uh, he says, sanctify completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body. Somebody say and body. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord. Notice he didn't just say may your spirit and may your soul be sanctified and kept holy. Did he say that in the text? Spirit, soul, and body and many of us we're presented about the spiritual aspect and we're presented uh, and we we're represented by spiritually extreme people and as a result this is this is why we're fed up oftentimes with christianity but the fact is that we are holistic individuals and we have to be to the place where we can so this is why you can you can you can be saved and headed for heaven and all this stuff and your finances are jacked up you can be saved and you can, you can be blood washed and baptized uh, and baptized again. And you're the meanest person ever. Come on, somebody. And your marriage is falling apart because you two say, you know, oh, I need to just, you know. And, and, and a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people, they're so hindered. And that's the place where you've been saved, but you're the only person in your circle of influence that's been saved since you got saved. Come on, somebody. Did you just get saved so you can do as my dad says, get all you can, can all you get and just sit on the lid? Or did God save you so that you could go out and offer salvation to others? But oftentimes we're so focused spiritually on ourselves and to an extreme that we get to the place where we don't even realize that we are not even being effective in reaching others. Come on, somebody. We got to be careful about these things. Be careful. You know, uh, I'm going to hold back. I'm going to hold back the bedroom from him and I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to just pray him to his knees. Come on, somebody. I don't want to talk about it, but I have to go there. I'm just going to withhold that thing from him and we're just going to pray for his deliverance. No, that's witchcraft. And the same Bible that you're talking about praying and you're going to pray him into, you're going to pray him back to in order and you're going to use that as manipulation. Come on, somebody. The same Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 says that we're not to withhold from our spouse their conjugal rights, if you will. In other words, the draws. My wife don't like when I say that. But you're not supposed to withhold these things. Come on, somebody. And unless you come to an agreement to be able to put it aside for prayer and fasting. But other than that, there are many people who withhold and try to be so spiritual thinking that you're going to pray. You need to pray and you also need to follow what the Bible says. Can I talk this morning? I'm going to just keep it 100. So not only that. So number one, wake the faith up and stop walking dead. Number two, number two, spiritual extremity uh, hinders us from serving God effectively. Last one. Somebody say last one. The last one is that we've got to do life literally and not just virtually. In fact, that's good enough to preach. Look at somebody. Tell them, neighbor. I just got to tell you. You need to live life or do life literally. And not just virtually. 
In other words, we live in a generation that has uh, the flip side of, of social media is that we're in a generation where everybody is being connected virtually, but no one any longer is in a position where they value face-to-face -face interaction. Come on, somebody. Uh, who am I going to talk to on this morning? And so uh, as a result, you know, we are in a position where we now have, uh, we now have thrown out the admonishment of the supposed apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, where he says that now that we see the day of the Lord approaching or the coming of the Lord coming soon. How many of you are seeing all the earthquakes and the hurricanes and the stuff happening? The Bible says when you see these things happening, that your redemption draweth nigh. And he says, as soon as, as you're seeing the day of the Lord approaching, he says that we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So much as we see the day of the Lord approaching, but we're in such a virtual generation that it's okay. We no longer even call people. We just text them. Can I get a witness? Oh, that could just send them a text. Come on. And now, can I even tell you how, 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 farther, how much farther we're getting in this emoticon generation? Is that now, we don't even send texts, we just send emojis. Don't look at your neighbor. You know it's the truth. You don't have to say amen, just say ouch. So we went from phone calls to text messages, and now we just send these faces, and oftentimes we lying. You be putting that crying, laughing face. You know you ain't crying, laughing. You're sitting there like this. LOL. Sitting there with that crazy face. Because we live in a generation that's hiding first behind text, but now we're hiding behind this fake, this fake emoticon stuff, these emojis, and we've now gotten to the place where we no longer see the value in literal interaction. We're okay with just vertical, uh, virtual interaction. But I wonder if there's anybody here this morning that knows that there's still power and value in connecting with people face to face. There's something about seeing people in person. There's something about, thank you, sir. There's something about seeing people and don't get it twisted. I understand that there are some contexts and some places where literal connection is not possible. But there are many of us who have the possibility. Now because of online church, which is fantastic, we now have gotten to the place where we are okay. Do you know what the statistics show? That people attend church less than two times a month. They get together with believers less than two times a month. That's the average. That's why on a Sunday morning, it's like almost sometimes it's a completely different crowd than the last Sunday. Because people are to the place where they often are. They often will, 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 will get to the place where they're okay. I'm just, oh, I miss church. I woke up late. I'm just going to watch it online. But how many of you know that church is not just about you coming consumer to show up like this is Walmart so you could go down the grocery aisle and pick the apples and the tomatoes that you want? How many of you know that church is about fellowship? Come on, somebody. It's about doing life together. And it's not just about Sunday morning and just shooting folk texts, but it's about calling up folk and saying, hey, can we go and have a coffee? Calling them up, going and seeing them in person and saying, hey, how can I be of service today? Are you with me this morning? It's about fellowship. It's not just about what I can get. It's about a symbiotic relationship where we are in a position where we value connecting. And that's why I love life groups. Shameless plug. Because life groups tells you that church is not Sunday. Life groups tells you that church is not Saturday. 
Life groups tells you that you are the church and the New Testament church was set up where they met daily. Come on, somebody from house to house and in the temple. So there's value in person to person interaction. There's value in doing life literally, naturally, actually seeing people, actually being in their presence, actually seeing a real emotion, seeing a real emotion versus an emoticon. And many of us, we're scared. And that's why we hide behind text messages. That's why we hide behind emoticons because we don't want people. Can I just, I know this sounded comical at first, but can I just keep it real? That's why many of us are not getting deliverance because, you know, the Bible says in, uh, I believe it's in the book of James, in James chapter 5, he talks about where to, where to be to the place where we confess our faults one to another and we are in pray for one another so that you may be healed. Because can I tell you that there's healing in community? Come on, somebody, that often, times the deliverance that God has for your life if I could just preach for two minutes the deliverance oftentimes that God has for your life is in the hands of your brother or your sister and you might feel like you're isolated and you're by yourself in what you're going through because that's what the devil wants he wants you to be by yourself and feel like nobody's dealing with what you're dealing with but I wonder if it's a church in this place that knows that the person sitting next to you God may have just brought them out of the thing that you're going through right now but you will never know if you hide behind emoticons it's time to throw out this emoji christianity where we get to the place and we say you know what it might look a mess but that's okay people go to the hospital when they're sick come on somebody the church is not just to be a place a display place of china doll christians that look perfectly and have it all together and always say the right stuff there sometimes if i can just be real about myself when i mess up as a pastor it's sometimes when i have to repent and you know what it doesn't mean being a christian don't mean that you don't make mistakes being a christian doesn't mean that you're perfect being a christian means that you've become a professional repenter you realize how much you need god you realize how much you need people uh, because it is in the, the presence of people that they can tell us and challenge us about who we are they can challenge us about our mess and so many of us that's why we're not growing and that's why we're not getting delivered and it's because we are in a place where we are not being real and we're not putting ourselves out there i'm scared i'm scared about what they're gonna say about me i'm scared that they talk you know what happened in the past and you know last time i opened up to somebody and I told them about what I was going through and then my whole you know they went and they did this and they did that don't live your life based on what happened in the past come on somebody and you know what can I just tell man I just feel my preach here so I'm just gonna go ahead and jump on the bus because the fact of the matter is that you've got to want deliverance and want breakthrough more than you do and you care about what people are going to think about you that woman with the issue of blood in scripture there's a woman she had an issue of blood and she was so tired about what she was facing that she was willing to put herself in an, what was considered an unclean position the sickness that she had and she pushed her way into a crowd of people who were going to talk about her who were going to look at her like she's crazy just to touch the hem of Jesus' garment because she knew that there was breakthrough in his presence who was with me this morning and too many of us care about what people think about us and that's why we're hiding behind emotions that's why we're hiding and we're a cover girl christian but i'm declaring and believing that some people are going to get delivered come on somebody in this season ahead i'm believing that some of y'all are so fed up with the stuff that you're facing and you're getting to the place where you are getting ready to start connected and come out of hiding in fact look at a neighbor and tell them you got to come out of hiding 
look at another neighbor, tell them, come from behind that emoji. Hiding behind emojis. And I'm done, I'm done. I'm done. You know, and the thing is, I just want to tell you this because it don't matter how long you've been away from church. You know what I love about Serve City Church? We estimate that over 80% of the people who come to our church are people who either have never heard about Christianity or they have not been to church in years and years and years. And you know why they're coming and being a part of Serve City? Because you know what? Let me just tell this to you. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care who you did it with. I don't care how long you've been away from God. God has never walked away from you. And I don't care how you think people are going to look at you and all that stuff. You saw the video of AJ and Taylor and what they shared. So I just want to tell you can i tell you and i don't care you say well this person said this and this per- i don't care what they say you're hearing it from the pastor welcome home you know what i love about christ courtney you can join me what i love about christ and i'm going to close here you know there's uh there's this this uh, thought in regards to uh this christological thought this thought regarding Christ, this doctrine and this thought regarding Christ called docetism. Somebody say docetism. And docetism is this, um, this, this thought that Christ did not actually come to the earth literally and naturally. It's this thought that his appearance on earth was just spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. And that all he was was just a spiritual being and was just it was like just a an illusion that he was showing us that he was here because God wouldn't put on flesh he was not in this position so 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 it was just it was just an illusion but how many of you know because that thought process that thought that that Christology was dismissed as heresy because my Bible lets me know that Jesus come on somebody Jesus did not just stay in heaven as a spiritual being can i just tell somebody about the gospel d jesus did not just say i'm just going to blink and just just do this miracle from up in heaven in my spiritual condition like docetism suggests and and i'm just spirit i'm just a loo i'm just an illusion and and this is the way it's going to be and i'm just and just and, and i'm just going to make everything new just like that no jesus said The Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God was not, he could have just stayed in a spiritual form, but he wanted us to be able to, he wanted to identify with us. This is why Hebrews talks about how we have a high priest that, that, that identifies with our sorrows and the things that we face because he came to this earth. He was God enough to create the world, but man enough to die for the world. God enough to forgive sins. Come on. But man enough to be in a position where he knows what it's like to be hungry. God enough to raise Lazarus from the dead man enough to die for the sins of mankind somebody ought to give god praise because he was not just a spiritual being but he is a god that also cares about you naturally and the things that you face today the stuff that you're up against in your flesh the things that you're facing mentally and physically god cares about this he wants you to have a great natural life and not just a spiritual life
God on a cross and he died for the sins of mankind literally he's thought so much of you and I that he used to come and he hung out he walked he spent years walking with disciples he didn't distance himself like some of these gods that people pray to but he came in the flesh and he did life with literal people and empowered them and walked with them and commissioned them and if God is God but is down to earth enough to put on flesh who are we that we are so spiritual that we are too high and mighty to connect and do life for real with people I'm so glad that God didn't hide behind no emoji but I love the fact that he didn't stay dead but he rose from the dead with all power in his head and this is the beauty of the gospel and so remember number one we've got to wake the faith up and start walking dead number two we've got to we have to realize that spiritual extremity hinders us from serving God effectively and we've got to be people that because natural life is important and God cares about us naturally and natu- and, and, and we often receive nourishment and building up and blessing through others that we have to do life literally and not just virtually because the gospel shows us that God he exemplified that to us and oftentimes when we are not so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good and we actually are balanced in life it positions us as we're going to see later on in the chapter it positions us to make people fed up not in a bad way but fed up with the power and the miracles of God where they are, they are built up and they are, they are full of all that God has to offer. Are you with me this morning? Somebody give God praise for his word if you were blessed by that today.